on this episode of This Is Game Boy Light, all the fun of arcade games on a handheld system. Welcome back everybody to a brand new episode of This Is Game Boy Light. The little in-between episodes between each of our big episodes about one game or one series of games. Whatever it is that we're talking about that week. But these are the shorter ones that we do solo. So it's either me or Baltic doing a solo shorter episode. Uh, just to give one of us a break in between all of these recordings. So today I want to talk about one of my favorite developers or publishers for Game Boy, which is called Irem. Um, a name that sounds familiar to a lot of people probably because they have been around for quite a while. Uh, they actually do not really exist anymore. I'll talk a little bit about that uh, in a bit. But yeah, I wanted to go over the games that they actually made for Game Boy because most of them are pretty much some of my favorite Game Boy games of all time. Um, so, so that's pretty cool. But there's also a bunch of games that they have released that are not very well known outside of Japan because, well, they were not released out of Japan. Um, and most of these are also very hard to play if you do not have any proper knowledge about the Japanese language, which is why most of the time you will never see anybody play them. Um, the same goes for me, actually. Um, like in the first part of the podcast today, I'll be talking about those games I am familiar with. In the second half, I will be talking about uh, the games I do not really know. Um, I have checked them all out. I know what they are about. I can talk a little bit about them at least, but uh, an in-depth analysis of them will definitely not happen. Same goes actually for the first part. I will just talk briefly about all of these games. Some of them I have mentioned in previous podcasts before. One of them we actually made an entire episode about, um, which will which will come up very shortly. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's first talk a little bit about Irem itself, the company. Um, we did touch about on this briefly during our Nubo episode. There you go. I already spoiled it now myself. Um, but Irem actually started as one of those companies in Japan that uh, produced playing machines, as they were called, uh, mostly known for pachinko machines and things like that. Because um, their original name was actually IPM, which uh, stood for International Playing Machine, um, because they produced pachinko machines basically for uh, a bunch of stores in Japan. And um, after a while, they actually changed their name uh, to uh, Irem Corporation because they got uh, a letter from IBM that IPM was a little bit too confusing in the, in the business world, I guess it's for, uh, how do you call it? Um, the, the, hmm, not the marketplace. With the stocks and the such and, and the things and the Wall Wall Street and the, the whatever, you know, you know what I'm talking about. So it might have been a little bit too confusing for investors. So uh, they, they changed their name 
at least after that. Um, IRAM itself actually stands for International Rental Electronics Machine, so to make it a little bit more confusing. But yeah, their, their actual complete name, as said in, in Japanese, I guess, but I can't speak Japanese, is Iremu Software Engineering. So that's uh, that's actually the complete name. Um, after a while, they uh, stopped focusing on pachinko machines and actually went to produce some very um, influential arcade games. Um, and that's where probably most people know Irem from. Um, they created Moon Patrol, um, which a lot of people probably know. Uh, they made the very first beat-em-up ever, uh, Kung Fu Master, or Spartan X as it was called um, in Japan. Uh, Spartan X was actually a tie-in to a Jackie Chan movie, if I remember correctly, uh, but besides the actual name, it did not really resemble anything that happened in the movie at all, so it kind of was its own thing, but uh, yeah, you all know Kung Fu Master came out on uh, NES, Kung Fu Master 2 as well. Those are definitely Iron games. Um, and the third one that is uh, mostly known by everybody is the entire R-Type series, which was created by them. It's one of the very first um, shoot-em-up games, at least in that capacity. Of course, you had Asteroids, um, Millipede, Centipede, but those were all one-screen-based shoot-em-ups, whereas R-Type and things like Gradius were, of course, auto-scrolling um, shoot em ups but i've talked about shoot em ups a lot during uh during my very first slide i believe um about shmups on game boy so yeah r-type will definitely show up in the list again but i will just go over it um very briefly um anyways they produced a lot of games over the years uh, mostly for arcade but most of those arcade games actually got ported to a variety of consoles and most of these games you will be hearing about are actually kind of ports or at least uh, games inspired by their original games in the arcades. Um, as far as I know, Irem does not really exist anymore as a video game company. Um, they actually went back to creating just uh, coin-up games or pachinko machines, um, kind of like Konami did. Um, so that's, that's kind of sad because they, they produced a lot of uh, amazing IPs and it would be nice if they would come back to it as well. That being said though, they just announced um, R-Type Final 2 for PS4, but I don't think Irem is making it. I think uh, another company bought the rights for R-Type and are trying to produce that game because they're gonna do it with uh, some crowdfunding. But yeah, I'm super excited for that. Like, I think everybody by now knows that uh, that R-Type is my favorite shmup, uh, so it would be really cool to to get another one of those. Uh, kind of funny they named it R-Type Final 2, which kind of makes me think of Final Fantasy, where we'll never actually see the Final Fantasy. Um, and yes, I know that was the name because it was their very last game they were gonna try and produce, and then it got popular and yada yada yada. But yeah, it's it's funny that they're actually <laughs> kind of going back to the like like that name, you know, like Final Two. That that sounds uh, pretty weird. Anyways, that's a little wrap up wrap up 
of uh, Irem itself. After the break, we'll uh, dive into the very first few games that I actually all have played and actually really know. So um, yeah, I'll see you again after the break. Be right back. And here we are again. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you are ready. You got some popcorn. You got some, uh, got some soda or some water or some some beer, whatever you're drinking. Um, I'm drinking water because it's healthy and it helps with my voice. Because I'm drink if I'm drinking beer right now, I would uh, totally go crazy. So yeah, let's dive right into the list of games that I actually know, and I'm going by them chronologically. Uh, that time they came out. So uh, the very first game that, well, at least during the first year, this was one of the, the first games they actually developed for Game Boy. Uh, it's called uh, Ganso Yanchamaru. Uh, maybe we've talked about this game in the past, but uh, it's better known as Kitniki for Game Boy. Um, Kitniki for NES is the more known version for sure. Um, it does not really resemble the NES version at all. Um, but yeah, Kitniki is, is a very popular IP in Japan, so they made a few games at least for other systems. But this one is, of course, one that only came out in Japan. But um, if people have been following the Tiny Ten or any streams of us, um, this is a game that pops up a lot. Um, what is it? It's um, basically a very short platforming game um, but like always Irem makes ports of their arcade games basically which means these games are pretty tough um, and the same goes for this one where you can only take one hit and you're dead you have plenty of lives to get through everything that's not really the problem but um, it is very unforgiving if you get hit and the screen is pretty filled with enemies, so it's you have to be kind of careful to get through the game. Um, but all in all, it, it's pretty easy if you just sit down and play it for a while. It's a pretty fun game. It has some very cool sprite work and very funny sprite work, at least. Uh, the bosses are quite fun to fight, but most of them can be stun-locked, which helps, of course. And if you're having some trouble with not having enough lives, there is a little trick during the bonus stages where you can just get a one-up no matter what you do. So um, if you know that trick, it will make the game at least a tiny bit easier. Um, what is also fun about this game is that it has two endings and as far as we know, they're just uh, completely random. So one ending you uh, actually save your girlfriend as she's falling down from i think the roof i, I think it is a roof <laughs> i'm not sure anymore but yeah in, in one ending you actually jump and you catch her before she falls into a pit in the other ending you just completely miss her and she falls into a pit which is really funny at the end of the game um but yeah as far as we know it's like completely random it, it does not have anything to do with how well you've played of how many points you've gotten uh, or anything like that maybe it's 
because of a certain score you have um, like for example in mario games when your score has the same digit as the timer you get fireworks maybe it's something like that but uh, as far as we know it's just random and it's always fun to see what is actually gonna happen there at the end um, but yeah that's uh that's their well one of their first games they released the second one is kung fu master so basically another one of their arcade ports but this is actually a sequel and not a sequel like kung fu master 2 or spartan x2 is on uh, nes where it's like a completely different kind of game than the original kung fu master this resembles um kung fu master on nes a lot but it has um, a better stage design better sprites uh, more interesting boss fights um, but this is one of probably the most easy games on Game Boy. You can get through this blind in about 10 minutes and any subsequent playthrough will take you maybe um, anything between 5 and 8 minutes. Um, this is actually one of those games that I would always recommend for speedrunning purposes if you want to find a good game to get started with speedrunning, especially on Game Boy. This is the one you have to go for. Um, I think I originally arrived at this. Um, Maybe there was a speedrun before me, but at least at that time I had not seen any. Um, it offers two difficulty levels, easy and hard. Hard actually is hard. Um, it's it's a lot tougher than the easy setting. But yeah, easy mode is, is pretty, pretty easy to learn. And it's really fun because you can get like a four minute time at the end if you know what you're doing. So yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Next up, we have, of course, R-Type. Again, uh, one of my my favorite games on Game Boy, especially because this was the first game I ever owned on Game Boy. I think I might have talked about that in the in the other light as well. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's uh, like I said in that episode, it's very basic shmup, a very easy shmup compared to its arcade counterpart. Um, Again, one of those types of games that can get you into playing more shmups because it's a very baby game in that regard. So if you want to get started with, with shmup games, always check out the Game Boy versions of them because, um, yeah, they will, they will definitely get you started. But I'm just going to skip over this one. The next one I always... Uh, I always... No, I also talked about in uh, in the shmup episode normally. It's uh, Tayu no Yusha Firebird, another Irem shmup. This one is um, a vertical. Yeah, it's a vertical shmup. Super, super easy. Like there, there's literally nothing to it. You have two characters you can choose from. Um, you get a few power-ups at the start of the stage and then you become beast mode and you can just get through the game very easily. Um, this one only came out in Japan, so maybe harder to uh, get noticed, but I would check it out. It, it's, it's pretty fun and it's pretty easy. Going into 1992 though, we got another one of my favorite uh, Game Boy games. Um, the 
this actually did come out of Japan, um, but the original name is Daiku no Gensan Ghost Building Company, um, which probably means nothing to anybody. But uh, the European or the American name is Hammering Harry Ghost Breeding Company. And I'm pretty sure everybody has heard of Hammering Harry by this point, especially because of the NES game. But again, this is a very popular series in Japan, also stemming from an arcade game. And this was the first of its kind on Game Boy. Um, it does not resemble the NES one that much, um, but this is a tough game. This is super arcadey. Um, it's very, very hard to get through the first time you're playing it. Um, it eases you into it, though. Um, it's, it's basically a yeah, can you call it a beat-em-up? I, I don't know. Um, it might be a beat-em-up, but most enemies only take one hit. Um, it's kind of a platformer as well in some parts, especially the later parts, and that's where it gets really tough. But it is so much fun to play. It has amazing, amazing sprite work. Um, there's a lot of abilities you can use. Like, um, if people don't know Hammering Harry, you basically use your hammer to well duh, to take uh, to take out enemies and you can just hit them with it normally or you can stun them by uh, whacking the ground first and then stopping them in their tracks uh, you can hit projectiles back with it you can get some upgrades like a bigger hammer or a spiked hammer that uh, deal twice as much damage you can get a hard hat which uh, lets you take one hit um, luckily Unlike uh, Kid Niki for Game Boy, you can take 5 hits in this game and there's plenty of health power-ups to get you back on track. Um, there's also plenty of extra lives you can get and this game actually offers unlimited continue so you can just keep on trying and trying and trying until you finally succeed. Which uh, from the third stage onward will probably, probably be a good thing because um, like I said it's definitely not easy but it's so much fun and uh, it gives you great satisfaction to actually reach the end um, story-wise this game pretty simple your girlfriend gets kidnapped by a ghost and you just have to go destroy the ghosts and um, you find out they are made in some kind of factory so that's that's pretty much it um, the next game is the odd one out of the bunch but we dedicated an entire episode on this game but i mentioned it before it's nubo um, so i'm not gonna be diving into that one much um <laughs> you know it's it's that cutesy little children's game um with with a very cool chocolate mascot from japan you have to check it out if you don't want to check it out at least check out our episode about it to uh, learn everything about it um but i'll refer you to that one to know more about that game um after that we got r-type 2 again just gonna skip over this one really quick this is uh, just a sequel to r-type a little bit tougher than the first one but still pretty easy um it has some better sprite work for sure um i think it combines R-Type 1 and R-Type 2 from the arcade, but I think the first one did that as well. Again, I've talked about that in the actual uh, light about shmups. Um, I, I don't have my notes for it right here, 
but yeah, uh, another great game, uh, another easy one. Um, the best R-type games are probably Third Lightning and, and Final, but uh, or the actual arcade games, but definitely check out the Game Boy ones. In 1993, they made another arcade port called Saigo no Nim... Whoa, whoa, how do I pronounce this? Saigo no Ninmichi. But you all probably know it by now as Ninja Spirit. Maybe we've talked briefly about this one. I don't remember if it was part of the Tiny 10 episodes we actually did. Uh, but this is like a very bare bones arcade port of that game um, maybe check out the TurboGrafx-16 version if you really want to it super resembles um, the Game Boy game but at least it offers some more fun things to look at because uh, yeah there, there's not much to look at in the Game Boy game but another great game for starting to speedrun on Game Boy or in general, because it's such a simple game, you can get through it in 10 minutes blind, and then, well, you can get better from there. Um, <clears throat> the final game that I actually did play uh, is Daikuno Gensan Robot Taikoku no Jabu, or Yabu. Um, again, my Japanese is not that great, my apologies. Uh, but yeah, uh, this is basically Hammering Harry 2. And um, what can you do with Hammering Harry after you have fought ghosts? The only thing you can do is go into space, of course. So, uh, yeah, in this one you go into space. And I think you fight ghosts as well, but mainly robots. I have not been able to finish this game yet, because unlike the first one, it doesn't play as good, even though it uses the same mechanics, basically, and the same, like, kind of sprite work and, and things like that, but for some reason, this game is a lot harder for the, for the wrong reasons. Like, it's not as hard, maybe, as the first one, but the first one is hard on purpose, and this one is just hard because it doesn't really work that well. Um, I will be playing this in the future for sure. Maybe we'll actually do an episode on both of these games um, in the future where we can talk a little bit more about them because Hammering Harry is a very interesting series even besides the Game Boy versions. So maybe we can talk a little bit about all the other games from this IP because there's a lot of them. Like this is an extremely popular character um, but I think that two Game Boy games, the original Game Boy games, are at least the best of them, um, or the most playable of them, so um, yeah, definitely check them out. Um, I'm not sure if if you can find it under Hammering Harry 2, but if you just do Gensan, you will, you will probably uh, find it, so... That's the games I actually played from Irem. Um, when I get back after this short break, I will be talking about a few other games that they released on Game Boy that um, I'm not that familiar with. But uh, yeah, we'll dive right into that after this nice little Irem song.
And here we are again with some more Irem games. Alright, diving into the ones I'm not that familiar with. The first one we have is called Racing Damachi, uh, which roughly translates into Racing Spirit. Um, this is a typical racing game for <laughs> that era, I suppose, of games. Um, this one is... A biking game, so so not a Formula One or, or a normal car racing game, but actually a bike game. Uh, I've played it a little bit because it is not necessary to know Japanese for this, but it's a pretty tough one for sure, and I'm not very good at racing games to begin with. Uh, but it offers 16 tracks, if I believe. Uh, I haven't been able to even get through the first one. Um, you have the choice of four different bikes that you choose at the start of the game. Not sure if you can switch between them, but I presume you can because I'm, I'm just gonna suppose that all tracks are like tailored towards... Uh, towards a different bike so in order to win you you just have to choose the correct one um for as far as i could have seen um you can just keep on continuing until you actually win the race or qualify for a race and that makes you able to continue but this is one i'll have to play for portable pleasure for sure in the future so maybe by then i can talk a little bit more about it but um, that's pretty much all I know. Um, weirdly enough, um, there was also a game on the games list called Racing Con, um, which roughly translates into Racing Party. Um, I could not find much about this game, um, so Lex and Baltic helped me figure out a few things about this. Apparently, it's the same game as Racing Damachi, but... Um, for some, it's known as Khan, even though you cannot find anything about that game in particular, except for on Twin Galaxies, where all the records of uh, of the races are labeled under Racing Khan. Um, but we, I couldn't see the videos, but I could see the track names, and they're the same tracks as there are in Racing Damashi or courses, tracks, whatever you want to call them. Um, so. This is probably just the same game, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, if anybody actually has a copy of Racing Con, let me know. But as far as I know, it's just Racing Damachi. Um, next up, we got Kisuchida Quiz da Gensanda. You might have heard it correctly, I said Gensan. This is actually a quiz game <laughs> based on the Hammering Harry franchise. So... Um, Literally unplayable for a person like me who doesn't know Japanese. I watched a YouTube video of it. Um, it it's kind of based on uh, a Mario 3-esque world map where you travel from stage to stage, but each stage is just a quiz. And they kind of tied it into something that resembles a fighting game as well. Because you have HP and, and you're fighting an enemy. Um, I saw the intro and your girlfriend gets kidnapped again by a very weird looking uh, dude. Uh, that was, It's a very creepy looking dude actually. Um, 
but yeah it seems like this is a really long game because the the video i saw was like 10 minutes and it covered the first world and then the second world opened up and there were so many stages in that so but yeah this is sadly one of those games i will probably never be able to play uh maybe somebody who understands japanese can and then make an actual complete video of this game that would be really cool um but yeah for me this is this is totally out of my league sadly uh but it does look interesting if the quiz questions are like doable maybe it's it's a fun game um next up is uh chuyaku sentai iron fighter um yeah this is uh this it looks like an interesting game at least it's a strategy card game based on all the ips that irem has so it uh it has characters from our type from kung fu master from hammering harry and from all the other irem ips that are not even released on game boy um, i think one is called helicopter dude or something like that um i'm not sure what that one is it looks like it might be a shmup with a with a helicopter with hands kind of resembling like the twin b character uh but yeah it, it offers all those kinds of uh characters in it and um, it's a card-based game so you have to use the correct cards in order to defeat your opponents um, but again this is completely in Japanese and I have no idea what's happening so I cannot play it um, so again maybe a person who knows Japanese can actually make some sense out of this game because it does look interesting. Um, I did see one review about it on the internet that said that it's very bare bones, which I assume means it's very easy. So there's not really that much strategy involved at all. Um, but yeah, not being able to read the characters is not really helping me at all. So uh, sadly, cannot play this game either. Um, the last game on the list is another beloved Irem series that got a Game Boy release called Undercover Cops. Sadly, it does not resemble the actual arcade game. Um, this is a... Well, I played it um, and it looks playable for sure, even though it has a lot of Japanese uh, dialogue in it. Um, it is basically a board game where you roll the dice by playing a slot machine that, that yeah that uh, chooses for you how many steps you can take um so you also have cards okay this is hard to explain so <laughs> let me start from the start you are you can choose out of one of the three characters from undercover cops you get placed on a board game board which you have to traverse you have five cards which have random numbers on them which um, means how many steps you will take on the actual board if you pick a one you just move one if you pick anything above one you have to pull a slot machine which then decides if you actually get that number or another number so i'm not even sure why you have to pick the card with a number in the first place and not just 
always pull the slot machine. Anyways, depending on where you land on the board, there's uh, some different options. You can either enter a shop and get some items, or you can fight an enemy. And fighting the enemy is also based on those cards. You uh, select a higher card than your opponent. You can always see which ones they have, so you, so you have to get a higher one. Um, so you actually become the attacker, and then you have to choose another card which deals the damage and then you have to decide where to hit the enemy and depending on how well all those <laughs> things go you might hit him and destroy him or he just defends and nothing happens or you get hit so i haven't been able to get very far in this game yet but i think it might be beatable because it's just numbers so it, it doesn't really show you um, like actual text that you have to choose maybe in the shop it does be, um, to describe the items um, but yeah it, it seems like a cool game but maybe because it's in Japanese I will not be able to finish it but I am kind of looking forward to playing this even though it's not on my list anymore because I scrapped it as being too Japanese for me to actually play but yeah who knows maybe in the future I will be able to so yeah, that's all of the Irem games on Game Boy. Um, definitely check out the ones I talked about in the first half of the podcast. Um, those are pretty much all great games, except for Ninja Spirit, maybe. But I, I still think it's a pretty fun game. Um, and the other ones, maybe check them out if you can understand them. Otherwise, just steer away from them and let somebody else play them for you. Um, after the break, I'll come back with some viewers' questions, if we have any. I still have to look that up. And then I'll do my little outro like usual. Be right back. And we are back. Let's dive into those viewer questions. Why do we call them viewer questions? It's li listeners' questions. Oh, we are so dumb when we make notes. Uh, but yeah, anyways, let's go into the listener questions. Um, first question comes from Granon Hero. If you didn't already plan a top f top five must-play Irem games on Game Boy. Um, Hammering Harry. R-Type. Kitniki, Nubo, and what's the fifth one? I would say Kung Fu Master. So those, those five for sure. I, I think those are the five must plays. The other ones, you can you can check them out if you want to. Now, uh, yeah, that's that question answered. That was a quick one. Um, then Baltic Gaming asks, why is Hammering Harry the best Irem game? Well, because it really is. And that's also why I picked it as the first one in the top five must-play Irem games. Uh, Toucan Sam comes in with the reverse question. Why is Hammering Harry the worst Irem game? Well, it is not. That's just because you are bad at playing it and you should become better at it. So <laughs> uh, there we go. Uh, Dead Infinitum asks, can we get a list of Irem Game Boy games? Well... That was this entire podcast, so you're welcome. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, let me see here. Yeah, that's uh, 
that's pretty pretty much it. Uh, yeah, there we go. So those were all the questions answered. Um, great questions, more than usual. So that's always cool. Um, anyways, with that, I'm gonna take my leave. You might notice that my voice is getting weirder and weirder. Um, I think I might have caught something. That is destroying my voice. I've lost my voice two times already today. So I'm gonna wrap this up before it happens a third time. Um, anyways, where can you find us? Like always, your best bet is to go to the gbrunners.com slash T-I-G-B website, where you can find links to all of our social medias, uh, you can find a link to our Discord where you can come in and ask your own questions for future episodes. You can also find our link to the SoundCloud where you can listen to new episodes, but you're probably already listening to these anyways through SoundCloud. So um, unless you're on iTunes and then you can probably find all of our other episodes as well. So I'm not making any sense right now. That's that's pretty much um, what I'm trying to say here. Um, so yeah um hope you enjoyed this this is a little shorter than usual maybe even but i try to keep it as short as possible um we will be back next time with i don't remember which game that's cool um <laughs> so yeah look forward to that game that i don't through oh i think it's night quest yeah it's night quest for sure. So that will be the next episode where you will be hearing me and belting, belting. But see, I'm done. I'm 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 gonna leave. I'm gonna leave. I'm not gonna say anything anymore. Um, no man. <laughs> no, you will. Uh, you will see us. See, I'm I'm done. My brain is my brain is mush. What is happening? This is the worst outro ever. Oh my god. I am very sorry for this, everybody. Next time you will actually hear a good podcast episode about NightQuest. Because then Baltic is here and then uh, we can just cut out all the stupid things I'm saying and just replace them with actual good content that uh, my co-host is saying. So yeah, thanks for listening. See you later. There's some geese flying outside of the window, apparently. I hope my mic is not picking those up. And now there's a kid screaming. This is, this is fantastic.